You, you may be seated. The sermon scripture for today comes from Jonah, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it spat Jonah onto dry land. Uh, Jeff Paget is an ordained, in our denomination, we call him bishops. He's an ordained bishop in the Church of God of Cleveland, Tennessee. He graduated East Coast Bible College in 1996. We've been friends for over 26 years. He's been in the ministry 26 years, and he's been at Life Church, Cramerton, North Carolina. And we were an old-school Pentecostal church. I mean old-school. And him and Karen and... It was part of the leadership team that changed a traditional Pentecostal church into what you would call purpose-driven, seeker-sensitive, and that, that was a big task. They've been in ministry for a long time. He's been my friend for a long time. And outside of accepting Jesus Christ as Savior, um, me and Jeff had one good thing happen in our lives, and that was our wives. Amen. I'm just going to tell you, me and him sit out many nights on the front porch wondering how we got ourselves in this pickle. Most time we were in trouble with the wife, and then the one wife would protect the other wife who'd come after us, protect us, and reverse it back. And so I really thank God for Amy. He really thanks God for Karen, and we thank God for both of them because they're the best things that happened to us um, besides salvation because they got us out of a lot of messes that we got ourselves into, and they always did one thing. They always protected us. Nobody was ever allowed to come after us. If you did, them two is going to be on you. They're true grit. Karen is awesome, and I really appreciate her. Again, we got ourselves in a pickle last night. I was like, Jess says, how do we keep doing this? I said, I don't know. He says, it's a good thing you moved away because we'd be in trouble right now. So anyway, my friend Jeff Padgett, would you welcome him this morning, please? Thank you, Brian, Pastor Brian, and Amy, for your hospitality and um, for allowing us to be part of this service today. It's a special event, and I'm honored to, to be here to share this with you guys today and, and the body here of believers and um, the transition that you guys are making and and stepping into and and uh, what God has in store for you as His people, and um, and to know that 
we are wrapped in his loving and so thankful for the peace of God that he came and uh, we celebrate that that Jesus God allowed his son to come and be born for you and I that we can enjoy life and have a life with joy peace and all the things that he allows us to have and and as Brian said um, you may see a little bit of um, Pentecostal but I'm not gonna he told me just hang on don't run and I promise the only thing I'll be running from is something's chasing me, okay? I, I promise you that. Um, but uh, I, I'm actually uh, serving as interim youth pastor. I'm uh, 62 years old. I'll be 63 uh, coming up this next year. And I'm still serving young people. Um, go figure. I, I told Brian, I said, I'm about done. I said, I can't keep up with him. I can't run. Uh, when I get up, I sit down for a while. Uh, I struggle to get up and walk and, and uh and so those things are starting to wear on me, and, and I can't keep up with these teenagers any longer. Um, I, I can teach and enjoy and laugh with them and carry on and have a great time with them, but um, it's a struggle. And, uh, and so we just, we've enjoyed that ministry. We've done children's ministry, and, and we've done all these things that over the years, and God has allowed us and brought us here today to be able to share with you and an event, and, and when I first was trying to think about this service, and, and Brian had called me and asked me to come, and um, and some of the things that, I'm also a paint contractor, I, I have a business that I work, and uh, I'm also a high school football coach, um, so you, you can see my calendar is, is full of events, and, and life never slows down. Um, I live in the fast lane, and I've been in it for many, many years, and, uh, and sometimes, and when I sit down, I go right to sleep. I don't have no problem going to sleep. You know, people have a problem going to sleep. If you walk in my shoes, end of the day, you'll be ready to lay down and rest. Amen? Uh, and, but I want to share with you something today that um, as I begin to look into what we're, we're experiencing in life and, and you know, the, the ultimate gift and uh, to have gratitude, to be thankful. You know, as Brian expressed how grateful we are of our wives, but the greatest thing that we're grateful for is our salvation. And Jonah experienced some things in his life, and that's what I want to share with you uh, today, some things that he began to turn to and and. You know, as we prayed and, and the requests were, were petitioned and given to us to pray about. And uh, one of the guys that works with me was uh, sharing with me just this last week about uh, an individual in their church that uh, they've been praying for had cancer. And the doctors couldn't do anything. And, and, uh, and they kept going back. And, and um, God healed this individual of cancer. So God's still in the healing business. God's still able to answer our prayers, and, and uh, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much, knowing that when I call upon my Lord and my Redeemer and my Savior, I know I, that He hears my voice and that He hears my heart's cry. And that's the thing is when a church begins to cry out to God and begins to seek God, we begin to see His blessings flow upon us as individuals, us as a people, and to know that God has His mighty hand on us, and, and you and I, that we can experience his glory and what a season that we have that 
that we can have that gratitude of knowing what God has done for you, the ultimate gift, that salvation experience. And, and Jonah, he was in a struggle. He was in a battle. And we can recognize that. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, God never hurries, and there's no deadlines against which we, he must work, only to know that this is to quiet our spirits and relax our nerves. Anybody ever get in a hurry? I mean, I live in the Charlotte metropolitan area uh, in North Carolina, and um, we live in a small town outside of Charlotte, but it's not small. It's, it's large, and it's busy. Uh, it, it takes, you know, it's not the, the country miles. It's the city miles, and if you know what I'm talking about, it's forever to get to a place. And, but you always get impatient when you've got a scheduled time to be there, and you say, hey, I've got to be there, and then all of a sudden, you get a detour. Or, like me, I'm driving, I'm doing multitasking, and I forget where I'm going, and I miss my turn. Uh, but then I realize, wait, this is God. God is slowing me down. He's detouring me. He's giving me a new avenue, and he's protecting me from something that could happen. And so many times in my life, I've seen that happen and experience. So we, we just got to be able to relax and know that that our nerves and, and the, that tense that God has everything in control for you and I because that's where we are today. Our world is fast-paced. Everything is coming to an end. Everything is closing up. And to see the things around us, the prophetic word that has been given to us in the scripture and the text, and we see in it coming and the revelation unveiling before our eyes to let us know that we got to get ready. Because Jesus is coming for his children. But as we begin to recognize that ultimate gift, Jonah found himself in a dire situation. Anybody ever been in those situations? I have uh, many times. And uh, I find myself, I, I remember um, bringing my dad to, from California to, to North Carolina, mom and dad. And dad, uh, I had a place for them. We have three acres and, and I put them in a mobile home next door. And seven months later, I get a call, and, and my mom says, your dad went in procedure. He's not waking up, and I'm, you know, 45 minutes away. And I remember going through that, that time and that process. is a week-long process, and, and dad passed away. But it was that dark moment that I had to stand firm on what God had put in me, that peace of God that passeth all understanding, knowing that no matter what happens, God's still in control. God is still sovereign. God is, still has us in his hands and, and those things that we go through in life. And we find ourselves in those dire situations, and, and, and we, sometimes we forget where we're at. And, and that's where Jonah was at. Jonah was in the middle of, you know, of running away from God. And I've been there. I've ran from God. I, um, when Karen and I first began in ministry, I ran from God, and, and uh, I didn't want to be a part of it, didn't want to do it, and uh, I left. But God, he still allowed me in his mercy and his grace. It's like I can relate to Jonah. Jonah and I, uh, you know, we have similarities that I can relate to in, in knowing that what he went through in life and where he stood before God. And see, but he understood he was in a dire situation, and his life was literally in the balance. And you and I have been there, and, and maybe we'll, we'll eventually see us in that position. 
But in the midst of this, he was able to see the ultimate gift of God that God had for you and I to be able to, to call upon him. The gift, it wasn't something tangible. We always like something in our hand. We like to have those tangible things that we can hold in our hand and, and we can hang on to those things. And it's, it's like the Word of God. It's a tangible thing. It's something that we can read, that we can put in our hearts, and it, we hide his, heart, his words in our hearts so, so that we don't sin against God. And that we can walk in his righteousness. He gives us instructions for life. And it's a tangible thing. But to know that when we wake up, we don't have something in our hand. But we know that there's a God. When we step out on that bed and we begin to walk, we know that God has our steps ordered. And knowing that his hand is upon us. And that's, that's what I'm saying here for you today. That God has ordered your steps. He has ordained your steps. Every one of us, God has put that into us. And he's, allowed, he's leading us by his spirit. And I praise God for that. But see, this gift of God's presence, these three things, that three aspects, the gifts of God's presence, his mercy, and his salvation. And so when we begin to look at this first aspect, that, that ultimate gift was God's presence. And there's nothing like God's presence. And, and like uh, your pastor this morning uh, got up, we were getting ready, and, and he Come in there and sit on the chair, turn his music on, and, and, and you know, when the music began to play, those songs that can relate to us, and it, it puts us in a position, it allows us to get into the presence of God, and I, I drive a lot in my job, so I have the music going, and, and I find myself in the presence of God, but singing along those songs, and thinking about his goodness, his mercy, and his grace, and all those aspects that he pours and allows me to experience. And every day when I see God, I see, and I look out into nature itself, and I see God and the revelation unfolding before me, and I see how his mighty hand is, is allowing me to experience the very presence of God and to know that during that difficult time that with dad that his presence was there and that people were surrounding us with love and and praying for us and lifting us up and we could feel those prayers and those those things that you go through in life you have to have that with you and that aspect and that ultimate gift of God's presence and knowing that he hears our prayers and he answers those prayers and that's a promise that you have today and I have today is to know that when I cry out to God he's going to hear me and knowing that my voice, he recognized me, he recognizes you. No matter where you are in your walk with God, God hears your voice. And he, he knows your cry, he knows your hurts, he knows your pains, and all the things that you go through. The second aspect of the ultimate gift is God's mercy. And, and you know, when, when we talk about God's mercy, Joni, Jonah had disobeyed God, and he tried to run away from God's command. Yet, but when he found himself in trouble... God didn't abandon him. And knowing that, you know, so many times that we, humanity, we abandon people. Amen? I mean, people do us wrong. What do we do? Well, I'm not going to talk to that individual. I'm not going to associate with that individual. We separate ourselves from those individuals. Okay? And, and thank God that when I sinned against God and, and you know, I was in the miry clay, that God didn't abandon me. That when I called out on his name, he heard my cry, he heard my voice, 
and his mercy began to reach down and draw me up into his presence so that he can allow me to experience that salvation that I have and that I continue to walk in today and to know that that salvation is true and steadfast and that his word continues to walk with me and the promises that I have is that God's mercy continues to work with me because I'm not the perfect saint. You can ask my wife. She can tell you. She, see, she got the beautiful smile on her face knowing I'm going to kill you. I mean, like Brian and I, we, that's why he said it right. I told him, I said, look, if you'd stayed next to me, we, we'd be in trouble. We wouldn't be alive today. But God's mercy extended to us. The third aspect that we see is that salvation. See, Jonah he was in a hopeless situation. He was swallowed by a fish in the middle of the sea with no hope of rescue, yet God saved him. He commanded a fish to vomit Jonah onto dry land. And, and the God, see, God can save us. He can bring us out of the debts and set us on solid ground. And that's the thing is, is knowing that when your feet hit the ground, you're on something solid and, and knowing that it will never fail you. That ultimate gift of salvation that we can experience when I remember my salvation experience. Uh, I'm a sports fanatic in a, in, a, in a way. I love football. That's why I still coach high school football. Um, I love it. And uh, it, the unique thing about it is God saved me in a football stadium. I mean, I was seven years old and I was at a crusade with my aunt had taken me and uh, and I felt I didn't remember any of the message that day, but I knew that there had to be something change inside of my heart because there was something inside of my heart just taking like a knife and just pushing into me and turning. And I had to do something to to have that release. And and that was the day that my life was changed forever that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, my Redeemer, and, and, and to know that my name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and that salvation experience that I got to have that day would last throughout eternity and know that it would keep me and sustain me. And that salvation experience that you and I have, God has for us today. And, and see, the ultimate gift requires a response from us it has and that's the thing is you have to be the one to step out you realize Jonah when he got in trouble what did he do he prayed he prayed he searched God he I mean when you're in the belly of something that's as dark as that was and there's no light no daylight and you know he's wrapped around with seaweed he's in all kinds of junk and and you know the fish continue to eat you know what I'm saying Anybody ever gut a fish? Yeah, we see what's in there. And, uh, and you can imagine, I, I, you know, I, when I think about this story, I always loved Jonah and the whale when I was a kid, the story, because, you know, you never, you just think about a big fish. You don't think about being in the fish. You just think about the big fish. But then when you really, the reality of it is when you get into the middle of that and you think about all the nasty stuff that was there, but yet he turned to God. He turned his face towards God. He began to cry out to God. His response was that, God, I need you. He began to pray. So we learn in these lessons that we see 
from Jonah's gratitude. It was a gratitude that he had and that was established inside of him because he knew when he got in trouble that he had something to turn to. And that's the thing. When you realize that God has done something supernatural in your life, that you can turn to that and hang on to that because God's gratitude, Jonah's gratitude towards God was that he knew God was real. He knew God was sustaining. He knew God was powerful because historical events throughout his life, the history behind him, he knew that God would keep him just like the history behind this church. He sustained the church, has kept the church, and you are who you are today because of the history behind you. But now he begins to look forward because remember, God had called him to go to Nineveh to preach to the people for repentance and to know that those words went forth and, and God changed a whole community, a whole city. And, and the 1,200 people that were saved because of Jonah's response to his experience with God. And so he expressed it in prayer. And to know that as we look in verses 1 through 3 again, it said, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. His God. If you remember, if you read earlier in the chapter, they were trying to figure out in the storm why they couldn't overcome the obstacles that were facing them. And see, you and I, we do the same thing in life. We try to, in our own abilities, we try to overcome those obstacles and we fight against it and we do everything inside of us until we realize that we need to turn to God. And when we begin to turn to God like Jonah did, we see a supernatural God, a God who loves him, who God who called him out and has set him forth for something special and something unique that his hand was upon him and that when he began to express those things, he prayed to the Lord. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Man, my wife loves for me to answer her, okay? And I don't answer her all the time. Uh, and and it, it goes both ways. I, and... Uh, She'll scream at me because she's on the other side of the house and she can't hear me. And, and, and I'm asking a question and, and, uh, and you know, I, I'm at that point in life where I've gone two appointments to get my hearing aids because I'm at that point where in life there are these tones I can't hear. And maybe today you've got yours in, you turn it down a little bit so the, and I'm not blowing you out. But I, I've never had hearing aids, but I'm at that age and I'm thinking... Oh, maybe I can start hearing some of these things that people are saying, and then you know, and I, and and uh, it, and I've I've went twice, and the first time they canceled the appointment, second time they canceled the appointment, so I'm I'm in line, I'll get them soon. Brian was whispering me, and I I couldn't hear a word he was saying. Now, if you take it a little bit louder, I can hear you. But the things that he says, he said he answered me, he answered me, and knowing that when you call on your God. He answered because, see, they, those that were on that boat, when they got ready to throw him out, they didn't want to do it because they didn't want to go against his God. And then when they realized that once he said, you get rid of me, he said, my God will take care of you. And knowing that the, 
God changed the whole atmosphere and nature itself began to cease. And knowing that these guys, they offered sacrifice, that was a redeeming power to allow them to see God working inside of them as he was working with Jonah and the casting and the setting forth. But he said, he listened to my cry. You heard me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And the current swelled about me, and all your waves and breakers swept over me. So he was consumed. He was in the belly of the fish, in the depths of the sea, and expressing gratitude to God. Gratitude to God. And, you know, I love that one of the songs that says, in the middle of the storm, what do you do? You praise. You praise. You worship. In the middle of my storm, I lift up my Lord. I praise him because he's the only one that can help me. He can only one that can sustain me. He's the only one that can get me through my pain and my suffering, my heartache, my brokenness, and all the things that you and I experience in life. He's the only one that can get us through that. And, and you know, there, I, I, I can't imagine doing things without God any longer because I've had a relation with him so long that I couldn't imagine going through life without God. I couldn't imagine going through experiences that people go through without God. But I know that I get to call upon my God because he hears me and in the midst of my distress. And we realize that God's sovereignty, he's in control of all things and the things that he has for you and I in life. And knowing that a sovereign God that we serve. And that's why I, I, I love to know that God's sovereign, his will for you and I is first of all to serve him, to love him. He said, love me. The greatest commandment I give to you is what? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart. And there's a, there's a response that you and I have to do. We have to love our God. If, you, if you're in love with someone, what are you going to do? You're going to go out of your way to serve and to, to entertain and to do the things that we see in this world. But when we talk about a relationship with God, a God who created this earth, a God who created the clouds, who God who created the mountains. And that's why I love when I come across the country, like right here and where we are, where we at, exactly. Yeah, Ohio. I know I'm in Ohio. Uh, and I love the country. I love driving last night, you know, uh, seeing the cattle in in the barns and all that thing because, you know, I, I love that thing. And I love uh, going across the United States, seeing God's nature itself and how he created those things for you and I. He created, he put those into existence. He put everything into existence so that you and I can enjoy life because he created you and I to live eternally. And knowing that sin came in and corrupted us and, and divided us, but then again, we see what he did. We come, he come, he gave his son, Jesus Christ, so that you and I can have life and have life more abundantly. So his sovereign will is knowing that God's power and his authority is reigning over us, and he's in control of all situations, everything that we go through in life. Jonah, he also expresses his faith in God. And to know when he, he got in trouble, what did he do? He looked back to the house of God. And David, I'm reminded of David. He said, I'll be glad when I can go back to the house of the Lord. Because David, remember, he was driven away from the house of God by Saul because Saul became his enemy. And knowing that David would be that individual to take reign in his position. But 
there was something, that, a division that kept him away for a while. And he was glad when he was able to go into the house of God. And, you know, there's something about it whenever you're able to go into the house of God. Some of us, we go through illnesses and stuff, and we're separated from the house of God, and we're not able to go. And it's so good to be able to come in fellowship with one another in the house of God. Because we have like faith. We come together and we love each other. We pray for each other. We lift each other. We encourage each other. And to see you and your smiling face is something awesome. I always look at smiling faces because I realize that those that smile the most are God-loving people. They have an experience with God, even in the midst of trouble. They're smiling because they know God is in control. God's sovereign will is working in the midst of trouble. So he expressed that he looked towards the holy temple. He, he wanted to be in that presence of his God that he could experience that once again. And Jonah was in that situation. And he looked back and his mind went back and, 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 and focused on what God did, you know, as a young man, a young child and where he had taken him. And even the words that were spoken to him and said, go and preach, those things resonated in his heart. And they continued to work and they continued to be alive inside of him and knowing that God had a purpose and, and see because he could have been snapped out just like that but God was saving him and getting ready to redeem it he didn't know what was going on he didn't know if he'd ever see daylight again and many of us have been in that same situation we know we never knew if we would see daylight again but God's revelation his glorious light his glorious splendor begin to unveil unto you and I and we get to begin to see him and experience him and Jonah, he, he acknowledges God's mercy. He said, but you, Lord my God, brought me my life up from the pit. And despite his disobedience, despite his attempt to run away from God, Jonah recognizes that God is merciful. He acknowledges that only because of God's mercy that he's still alive. And this is a profound expression of gratitude towards God's mercy. This Hebrew word for mercy is it used in this passage. It's chesed. This word is often translated as loving kindness, steadfast love, and it's used throughout the Old Testament to describe God's unfailing love and mercy towards his people. In Jonah's prayer, he acknowledges God, his steadfast love, his mercy, even in the midst of distress, he acknowledges him. Jonah's prayer reveals his understanding and the consequences of turning away from God. But he says, those who cling to the worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. He recognized that turning away from God, as he did, has consequences. But he also recognizes that God's love and mercy still are available to him and you and I today. And see, finally, we see it was an expression of gratitude that leads to action. In this action, we see God working inside of you and I that we get to experience those things. And the action that he's talking about is sometimes it's you and I. We have to step towards a direction. See, salvation even comes in the worst circumstances. And, you know, we we always hear about these individuals, you know, giving their life to God on the deathbed. I don't have no problem with that because when there were three men on the cross, one of those men gave their heart to God. And he was in a dire circumstance. He was to his last breath. And God gave him, with his mercy, allowed him to be part of his kingdom, to be part of that which he was establishing for you and I, that 
even in the worst circumstances. Our hearts, and for the message today, is that you turn towards God, lean towards Him. And you got to consider the story of Jonah, how he was in the belly of the fish at the bottom, and all life was turned against him. Everything is going against him, and it's not going in the way that he thought it should go. But he realized that it was God, salvation, working and experiencing him to change. See, the salvation is not limited by our circumstances, those things that surround us, but it's by his mercy. C.S. Lewis says this, God, who pursued your tribulation, has especially armed you to go through it, not without pain, but without stain. And those things, those true words ring out to you and I so that we can hear those words and know that his salvation is there for us today. Secondly, we see God's salvation is not a passive process, but it requires an active participation. Knowing that when you're saved, there's an experience. There's a, something that you have to do. You have to accept and you have to begin to walk. And that's why we have the Word of God to give us instruction on how we're to walk and His mercy and His grace and His goodness and the things that He has for you and I. Thirdly, we see God's salvation is not a temporary fix, but it's a complete, complete and total transformation. Know that when we were saved, God completely turned us around. We were going in a direction and straight to hell. Then God said, I'm calling you out. And, and that's why when Paul, Saul's experience, you know, he persecuted the Christian church, the early church. And then he had an experience with God. He had an experience with Jesus himself. And to know that it changed his life. And we see that most of the New Testament was written by a man that persecuted Christians. That God changed him. And there was something that changed him that began to drive him. That transformation. It gave him a new life. It gave him a new identity. And that's what happens when that salvation experience comes inside of us. And it comes alive. We go through that transformation of life. New life. A new identity. God saves us. He doesn't just change our circumstances. He changes us. Salvation is not just for us. But it's for all that who will believe and receive. And God has commissioned you and I to save, to, to preach that salvation message by our lifestyle, by our testimony, the words of our mouth, and that we can experience and, and that people, when they look at our lives, they know that there's a true Jesus inside of us and we can share that same gospel and they can experience that. And that's how we grow the church and that's how we grow the kingdom is through you and I as individuals expressing to others this salvation experience that you and I, that we have and that God has transformed our life and that we get to experience that today. As we close this morning, I know that there's many times as you have a guest speaker and and you're just checking him out and, and all those things, but... The greatest thing today is to know that God has spoken his word to you and he's given something for you to cling on to. And then if there's individuals here that's never experienced that salvation experience, or maybe you might be in that same situation as Jonah. You're in the belly of that well and and and, and you you're you're in that situation and you feel trapped and you need God's Revelation to come alive inside of you. And that's what I want to pray as we close this morning. 
in our service before we transition into the second part of our service. I want to pray with you this morning. Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I just thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, as I look across this congregation, from the youngest to the oldest, Jesus, you died for us. And Lord, to know that you give your life for us so that we could have eternal life. And that sin separates us from the love of God. But that sin, Lord, is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, that blood that flowed from the cross of Calvary, it washes us and it cleanses us and it sets us free. And maybe there's one here today that as they sit in their seat and they realize that they need a God who loves them. They need a God who can be in control and that's sovereign over their life. And that the revelation of who you are and how great and how mighty you are. That, Lord, you have directed their steps. And you're waiting for them as you heard Jonah's voice that day, Lord, you're waiting for them to cry out unto you. That they experience that same experience that he had, that salvation experience, that redeeming power, rescuing them and, and giving them hope, giving them a future. And the things that you have planned for us and the, the things that you are doing for us in your kingdom as we live out this life. Lord, I thank you in these next few moments, Lord, as history begins to change in this body and these believers. Lord, I believe that you've ordained this service, this time. And Lord, I thank you for the privilege to be part of this, to allow me to be here with this congregation today, with my friends and my family, Brian and Amy, Lord, I just thank you. In your name we pray. And everyone said, Amen.